Hi, everyone, and welcome to the May 6th, 2022 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. Folks, it has been a two-month span of Canadian automotive investment like I have never seen in my life. During that time, automakers have pledged more than $13 billion to build the needed battery supply chains and shift production from the internal combustion engine to electric vehicles. Today, we'll break down the latest investment, $3.6 billion Stellantis promised to retool its two Ontario factories and build two EV battery research centers. We'll hear from all the key players and the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association CEO, Brian Kingston, the man responsible for helping liaise between the Detroit 3 automakers and governments in Canada. He'll talk about how we got here, what it means to the industry, and where it goes from here on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. After the latest announcement, I had a chance to ask Stellantis Chief Operating Officer for North America, Mark Stewart, why the automaker seemingly had a change of heart when it comes to Brampton Assembly, a factory many analysts and forecasters believe to be on its last legs. Well, I guess I'd like to correct it. They've not been on their last legs. You know, last year on a 10 and 11 year old platform, they were number one in the market and they beat Ford Mustang and they beat everybody in the market. So they are standing tall and standing proud. And I'm very proud of that plant. I'm very proud of our, of our Dodge brand. And absolutely, their quality is record first quartile. Dodge brand is number one and number two in the market year in and year out it makes sense for us to put the allocation to Brampton. And I'm super pleased, sorry guys, as I've moved my hands too much, really pleased that we were able to get there today. Is it the same vehicles they'll be building, that they're building we're now? Not, we're not sharing the vehicles yet. As I said, there's a time and a place in the speech. We'll get to that in the, in the coming months uh, as we start doing the reveals. But we are very excited about all the platforms coming into Canada. I then asked Unifor Local 1285 President Danny Price, who represents workers in Brampton, for his reaction to the news. Here's what he had to say. Oh, it's it's amazing because just like you said, we've been the newspaper articles up until now have been a black cloud over Brampton. We've been pushing hard. We've been lobbying hard with all levels of government, and this is this is just amazing. We're going in the right direction. We want to be part of the future. And uh, I think this has positioned us perfect. We've been advocating for a long time. And and I know the good job and the good work that we do out of Brampton. And I know our products are the hottest selling products right now for Stellantis. So we've been providing the funds for them to for the EV transi- uh, transformation. And we wanted them to not leave us behind. And they kept promising us, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting up the numbers. Keep the quality there. And that's what our workers have been doing. So... And what will a rejuvenated Brampton assembly plant mean for suppliers in Ontario? Flavio Volpe, head of the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association, explained. I'm so happy at the Brampton announcement. Uh, If you had asked me six months ago or three months ago uh, whether I thought this was going to happen for Brampton, I would have said no. Exactly. Well, there's about 12,000... Uh, jobs at suppliers that feed that plant in Canada that now know they have a future. So, to dig a little deeper on this investment and others made over the last two months, I'm now joined by Brian Kingston, head of the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association, which lobbies governments in Canada on behalf of the Detroit 3 automakers. Brian, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. Always a pleasure. Um, Let's start here. 
I mean, how would you describe the last two years in Canadian automotive? Well, it has been uh, phenomenal for the Canadian automotive industry. If you look over the past 18 months alone, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis have announced nearly $14 billion in new investment into Canada. And this is going to create well in excess of 6,000 direct jobs. And on top of that, tens of thousands throughout the supply chain. So, um, you know, couldn't happen at a better time. We're in the midst of a major transition right now to electrification. And automakers are putting significant amounts of investment as part of that transition into Canada. So it's, it's an exciting time. And I think the future is bright for Canadian auto. You lobby and, and represent um, the Detroit Three in Canada, often talking with the government, making cases uh, for these automakers. What has the process been like for you in your position and working with the automakers and working with the government? What has it been like for the last, I assume they start, you know, farther back than two years. So what's this process been like? It has been uh, a very exciting couple of years um, for, you know, a couple of, uh, there's a couple of things that we do. First of all, we're, we're always explaining the importance of the industry. I think in, a, in a, a city like Windsor, you know, people understand because it's, it's right there. You see it, you know, people who work in auto or, or adjacent to auto. Um, but there's always a, a role for us to play in, in explaining why this sector is so important to not just Ontario, but the Canadian economy. You know, I think sometimes people forget that our second largest goods export is auto. Um, this is a huge reason that Canada is as prosperous as it is. We're a trading nation. We're a small open economy. And we prosper when we can sell goods and services outside of our borders. And auto is a huge driver of that. Uh, so that's been a big piece of it is just a, a explaining and making the case for this industry. Um, secondly, um, there's a big transformation underway. And right now, automakers globally are spending approximately $550 billion on electrification alone. And Canada has a really unique opportunity. I would say a, a once in a century opportunity here because we have critical minerals. We have everything that is going to be required as automakers transition to building a battery and electric vehicle supply chain. So we've secured the assembly, which is fantastic. And now I think we can start to connect the dots between assembly critical mineral mining and processing. And as we saw in the Stellantis announcement, there's a lot of very high value research and development that's being done. And we're increasingly seeing those types of investments being put into Canada, which is fantastic. These are good, high paying jobs in advanced research. And we want more of that because we've got the workforce here in Canada that can do that. You touched on two things I wanted to talk about. So let's start here about the minerals and those critical minerals and the mining. I was going to ask you um, how difficult it is or how do you convince the people of Ontario and the people of Canada, for that matter, that this is a good way to spend tax money? And I'm just going to look at this week's announcement as one example, $1 billion in tax money going to a global automaker. How do you convince the general public that this is a good idea? I, I know it's a good idea because I am from Windsor and I see what it does. But you mentioned something that interests me, and that is the supply chain in terms of minerals. This now expands far beyond auto assembly, doesn't it? 
It does. It does. And that's it. You know, there's there's the obvious immediate benefits to having the, the auto investments here in Canada. You generate more tax revenue for government. You employ more people. You drive more exports. That's obvious and extremely important. And it's critical to Canada's economic future. What's really exciting is the fact that as automakers around the world shift to electrification, there's surging demand for critical minerals. And Canada is uniquely positioned because of the endowments of these minerals to be a key player in that supply chain. If you look at recent forecasts from, for example, the International Energy Agency, uh, they're anticipating that the world is going to need six times more mineral inputs by 2040 than what we currently have today. And the majority of that is for electric vehicle batteries and other types of batteries, but EVs being a big, big driver of that. So this investment gives us a role in that transition. And that's how I, you know, I think when I speak to Canadians who maybe aren't as close to the automotive industry or, you know, see it in their backyard, understanding that this is a big opportunity for mining and processing across the country in these minerals. And I, I think there's huge potential for Canada if we get this right. And we've been encouraged to see, you know, the federal budget, the Ontario budget, they're committing money to these critical mineral strategies. They've got to move quickly now. You have to move at the pace of the private sector to build infrastructure, to get that processing capacity in place. And, and I think uh, Canada will prosper from that. The other thing you mentioned that I wanted to touch on is jobs. And and there's no doubt that auto assembly is a blue-collar job, mining, blue-collar job. But Stellantis this week just announced 650 new jobs, most of them, the vast majority of them, in software engineering, design, research and development, those white-collar jobs um, that we now kind of maybe stem the brain drain to the United States and other jurisdictions uh, how important is that element of all of this investment um, and has it been understated to this point? Yeah, it, it's hugely important. And I do think it has been been understated. Um, I, I, you know, there is so much attention paid to assembly for obvious reasons, but that was a really exciting part of the Stellantis announcement. You know, 650 people dedicated to technical engineering R&D uh, roles here in Canada. And I think that's a real vote of confidence in Canada and the ability of, of our people and our education system to have individuals who can go into those jobs and really contribute to developing the vehicles of the future. Not only the Stellantis announcement, but if you look at what um, General Motors has been doing um, in Oshawa, their R&D team now has grown from less than 200 people to well over 1,000. Um, so this type of activity in Canada, high value activity contributing to this transition and these new technologies is hugely important. And the more of that we have here, I think the better position we are for the future. So what else changed? We know that electrification is coming and we know that there's been government mandates. But the one thing that jumps out at me again is the government investment in all of this. We went from closing plants, literally closing Oshawa to reducing shifts in Windsor down to two, to being promised that we're going to get three shifts and Oshawa can barely keep up with its work now. And and part of that is government incentives. So what changed across the table from you when it comes to governments um, contributing taxpayer money 
to these types of projects because Doug Ford started his tenure as the leader of the uh, conservatives in Ontario as being against what he calls corporate welfare. But then he stands up and gives a a half a billion dollars to some of these projects. So what changed in the mindset um, of the governments uh, in in your eyes? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I think that there is a recognition by governments that the industry is going through this major transition. And now is the time to be part of that, right? These investments, the $550 billion I mentioned into electrification, this transition is happening quickly. And governments understand that as that occurs, now is the time to make sure that you've got a foothold in that transition. So I think that's been one key development, just the pace of technological advancement here, the movement to electrification and the desire to be part of it. Secondly, Um, There has been a very, very productive relationship between the federal government, Minister Champagne and Minister Fideli at the provincial level. And, you know, I really have to emphasize how important that has been, because that's not always the case. Sometimes you have governments of different stripes with different views, priorities, but you have two governments that understand the importance of auto and that are working together extremely closely to make the pitch that Ontario and Canada is the place to do this. That's very notable. And, you know, the last thing I'll mention is Minister Champagne personally has been very active. He's actively engaged, reaching out to auto executives, as we we heard at the announcement on Monday, and always making the case for Canada, connecting companies to the whoever it is within departments that they need to speak to. That is very, very important. You know, we've looked at other jurisdictions around the world that that have a good track record of attracting foreign investment. And one of the key things that many of them have is, you know, a single window, basically. One point of contact, one place to go as an investor where you can get the ball rolling on potential new investments. And we're seeing that play out right now. It's really important and it's making a big difference. I know you represent only the the, uh, Detroit Three, but we've heard recently as last week, that Volkswagen is now looking at perhaps investing in Canada. Is this situation of investments, um, is this a situation of investment begets investment in that, geez, all these automakers are doing it. There must be something to this Ontario thing. So should we expect more of this from players that we haven't seen before? Well, there's no doubt that there, there's momentum now, right? And I do think that that draws further attention from other potential investors. Um, and when you look at what Ontario and what Canada has to offer, it's not just the investment environment, the governments that are willing to partner to make these investments happen. That's all really important. But we also have the potential to build a critical mineral supply chain for an OEM. And that, to me, is a unique Canadian advantage. We have the critical minerals. We have a largely renewable energy grid. We've got world-class talent. You combine all of that, and there actually aren't that many jurisdictions in the world that can put all of those elements together. Then you cap that off with the fact that we sit beside the wealthiest economy in the world in the United States, and it's a pretty compelling case to make for investments in Canada. So I'm hopeful that this is just the start and we'll see more investments in the coming years. So then this is my favorite question to end all of my interviews on. I ask you to look into your crystal ball. What do you see as the next announcement? What is the next step in Canadian automotive? I think the next thing that you'll see is is automakers um, looking 
further down the supply chain as they build out their battery facilities. We saw the Stellantis investment, $5 billion into Windsor uh, for a battery facility. Automakers are looking now at sourcing critical minerals, processing them up to the level that's required to work and be useful in a battery. And I think if we get the government side of this right with the infrastructure built out to the resources, plus some assistance to help get processing done here in this country, I think you're going to see a lot of automakers looking at that as as a, a potential opportunity to build a broader North American supply chain with Canada as a key uh, uh, element of that. So I, I'm excited about that, and I'm hopeful that you'll see more investments in that space in the future. I think you speak for a lot of people when you say you're excited. I think there are a lot of people excited. I've never seen anything like this in all of my time spent just growing up in Windsor and then covering the auto industry. Uh, incredible time. Um, glad you could come on and discuss the last 18 months with us and we'll see what the next 18 months hold. And I hopefully we'll be talking about more good news on a future episode. I hope so. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, Brian. I want to thank all my guests this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.